back then it was very much uh, um, you would go to the GP for something like that and you were just told, you know, it's your hormones, it's you growing up, it's, you, you know, it'll all settle down. Um, you know, 30 odd years later, I'm still waiting for it to, to settle down. So I'm, I think I'm, I haven't quite grown up yet to the point where it's uh, it will it will settle down. <laughs> for, for someone who has social anxiety, I've met some very, very good friends through there. <laughs> um, you know, which always seems a little bit strange, but it, it's good to know that, you know, I've got these people that I can call on at any time when, when I'm feeling low. Find somebody you can trust and speak to. It doesn't have to be your team manager. It doesn't have to be your colleague. It can be the, the security guy. It can be the woman working in the canteen. It could be somebody on a different department or somebody you're out at the smoking shed with. Whatever works for yourself, have that conversation with somebody. Welcome to November and episode three of the Switched On Spotlight. I can't believe we're halfway through the season already. Uh, this month, I'm speaking to the inspiring colleague, that's Scott Hamilton. Now, Scott's been through his own battles with anxiety and depression, and he's been a part of the BT Peer-to-Peer -peer Network um, for around four years now. He's also the co-chair alongside the wonderful Graham Carrington. Scott joins me to talk about the inspirational figures in his life that have helped him to dig deep when times are tough and the importance of just having a chat with another colleague, friend or family can make things just that little bit easier. I hope you enjoy this episode and please note there are themes of mental health and suicide discussed in this episode. Well, good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm good, Summer. You, you, you well? I'm very well. I'm really excited to be speaking to you today. I feel very honoured and privileged because we're, I know we're going to have a great conversation um, all around your involvement in the peer-to-peer -peer network. So do you want to tell me a little bit about how you became the co-chair alongside Graham? Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, um, I've been a member of the peer-to-peer -peer support network at um, BT and EE and everywhere else it covers now for about four and a half years. The the group itself's been running for for just over five years now. Um, it was started in for World Mental Health Day back in um, 2017. Um, I only know these facts off the top of my head because I've just done an induction session this afternoon, <laughs> so they're, they're all still relatively fresh. Um, so yeah, I found I was already doing a lot of things that the peer-to-peer -peer support network do, but I was doing them on my own within my, my local site at EE, based in Doxford at the time. Um, I got told about the peer-to-peer -peer group and immediately went, this is brilliant. This is just what I'm looking for to, to kind of help and um, support people. So yeah, that's where it all started. I, I joined up and um, just kept badgering them. And, uh, you know, I think... Um, you know, they're, they're kind of let me into the uh, core team to uh, keep me quiet. <laughs> that is definitely not true. And you are doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> Absolutely. But I know that prior to you joining the peer to peer, you yourself um, have been on your own mental health journey. And I'd really love yeah. to find out a little bit about um, how you recognise maybe some of those feelings um, and what that journey for you's looked like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I was diagnosed with um, anxiety and um, I suppose what we call depression at, at quite an early age in my late teens, um, which was back in the, the late 80s. Um, back then it was very much uh, 
um, you would go to the GP for something like that and you were just told, you know, it's your hormones, it's you growing up, it's, you know, it'll all settle down. Um, you know, 30 odd years later, I'm still waiting for it to to settle down. So I'm, I think I'm, I haven't quite grown up yet to the point where it's uh, it will it will settle down. Um, but what I found was that I, I, I more suffer with anxiety, social anxiety quite a bit. Um, I find myself, you know, in, in large social groups, I'll be very quiet. Um, and and sometimes the, the feelings just become so overwhelming that I will just literally switch off and um, cut myself off from, from everything. Um, so it, it, it's quite a... It's something unusual to, to kind of go through, and um, a lot of people kind of said when they were in lockdown, you know, they were having similar feelings. You know, they were being closed off from family, from friends, from their their social groups. Um, so they would often joke, you know, is this what it's like for you with you know anxiety? And you'd be like, well, tiny little bit, but but not really. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've I've had that most of my life. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm the same as everybody else. You try and cope with it as best you can. Most days um, are absolutely fine, and then sometimes it just becomes so overwhelming that um, you, you completely switch off. And I remember about about six years ago, I went through a, a period of about three months where I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't really talk to anybody. Um, I was really really struggling myself. Um, I was lucky I've got had a really good line manager at the time who encouraged me to speak to EAP and um, go through counselling. So I learned various different sort of like techniques like tapping techniques and um, guided meditation to kind of help, you know, keep my um, anxiety levels at um, under control. And then when I came back, I found that a lot of people were, were asking me, okay, why have you been off? You know, are you okay? Um, you can't have anxiety. You're quite a chilled person. Um, which is kind of, you know, it, it, it it's weird. And I, I found that I was sort of like saying the same things over and over again to people um, constantly. And I got bored of that quite quickly. Um I mean, I wish I just kind of recorded myself and I could just like play a little voice memo for people like, okay, listen to this and, you know, any questions afterwards, just let me know. Um, I, I really wanted to kind of get it out there as to as to what had happened. Um, so I was encouraged by um, uh, a friend of mine's dad to sort of like write it all down. I've been quite, I, I enjoy writing um, away from work. I, I do writing for a couple of music websites as well as my, my own kind of creative kind of writing. Um, and so I, I put out a, a kind of created blog piece, put it out there and thought nothing of it. Um, within a few hours, I was getting lots of people messaging me um, to let me know um, what they thought of it and you know how supportive they were. Um, one person, um, messaged me who I'd, I'd never met before. She was a friend of a friend of a friend. And she'd said that um, it really helped sort of like get in the mind of what was going through her daughter who tried to kill herself a couple of months previously to that. And she really thanked me for it. And that really kind of, you know, it, 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 it knocked me backwards. You know, the fact that, you know, I'd completely given some kind of consolation to a, a stranger I'd never met. Um, so um, 
I ended up creating a, a, a closed Facebook group based on the, the blog series that I started. And um, it's still going today. We've got um, 500 odd members. We we keep ourselves closed. We're, we're a really good community. I've met loads of um for someone who has social anxiety, I've met some very, very good friends through there. <laughs> um, you know, which always seems a little bit strange, but it, it's good to know that, you know, I've got these people that I can call on at any time when, when I'm feeling low um, and I don't want to put on my friends or my family or my, my kind of like the, the immediate people around me. I've got people who I, I know can completely understand me and I don't need to explain everything to. I just say, hey, I'm feeling like this. And that supports there immediately for me. So how did you find, so you've got the support from um, the community that you've built, which is absolutely amazing. And this is what I mean, it's a disservice and a discredit to yourself, because when you say that it's not that much, <laughs> you have an amazing community that you've created um, and you've got people that you can lean on. But how did you find it initially? talking to people, sharing your story, whether it's writing down, speaking to your manager in the past, um, even now having that conversation. If there's a colleague out there that's listening to this and perhaps struggling with their mental health or just thinking, I know I should speak to someone, but I'm not ready yet. Yeah. um, Yeah, I I found it really hard at first because obviously you kind of go, I, I don't want to make everything public. I don't want to kind of have this, um, my entire private life, spilled out for, for people to look and point and you know whatever you know because you know people generally don't like to to feel that way um the person who influenced me more than anything um to kind of open up really was was my dad um my dad is um sorry my dad was he passed away relatively recently but my dad was somebody who in his late 50s early 60s was diagnosed with um early onset dementia and um it come from a a, a pit community um and that generation where you, you don't speak about your feelings you keep everything suppressed and bottled up um until you know until it's eventually discovered um my dad, I found after a few months of being diagnosed, started talking to us more about and being open. And then the next thing I know, he's um, he's working with people like the Alzheimer's Society doing um, public speak. And he's talking to the um, local church groups and police communities about, you know, um, Alzheimer's support in 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 sort of like uh, the general communities. He ended up doing um, mentoring and and very much similar to what we do with peer-to-peer, being like a one-on-one support um, person for people who'd been newly diagnosed or, you know, their families. So they had like an understanding of what they were going through. And we were really lucky with my dad that um, when he was diagnosed, that they were able to to have enough medication the, the right medication in the right place where even up until, you know, before he, he passed away, you still wouldn't know he had Alzheimer's. He was still out driving a car. He was doing shopping. He was volunteering um, at Beamish Museum, which is a local living history museum, once or twice a week. Um, so he was the, the person who kind of made me think if if he can do it, I could do it as well. Um and that was uh, 
a huge kind of thing for me to take a, a step forward into. But I found once I did that, the avenues that opened up were just absolutely fantastic and amazing. And people that um, I'd, you know, never thought in my wildest dreams I would speak to about mental health conditions were would speak to me about it. I mean, I'm not just talking about friends and my peers or work colleagues. Um, I've, ent- I've interviewed musicians like Barry Hyde from the Future Heads about um, a, a nervous breakdown that he had where he was literally committed into a local mental asylum for a while. Or Frank Turner, the musician who, um, who is quite open about struggling with, with his own mental health every now and again. People like Ginger Wildheart and Ryan Hamilton and other all these different musicians from across the globe opening up and going, look, you might think my life's brilliant, but I, I feel these same things as, as what you do. Well, I guess what, what's coming through it, it's no, by no means a golden bullet in any shape but it's the community aspect and it's the connection and as much as it can cause maybe perhaps a bit more anxiety and it can be very daunting you need to speak to other people because in your case as well Scott there's beauty in that like you've Mm. made friends you've got more of a support system you've been connected to hear even more stories which also then helps other people I think that's what colleagues may or might not know about the peer-to-peer is it's made up of our very own colleagues it's someone there to to give you a listening ear with no judgment exactly we've got a community right here at BT that gets it yeah yeah and you know it's beautiful to be a part of that community and how we've been able to the way I like to describe it is take something really negative and something that's still unfortunately stigmatized really heavily, um, like mental health, and taking that and turn it into something positive, you know, like you say, the community that we've built up, the the conversations that you have with people that, you know, you, you never think you would have any kind of connection with. I've talked to um, people higher up my kind of internal food chain, and when they've learned what I do, they've opened up themselves and said yeah i i have anxiety i have i have this i i do my guided meditation i take this medication it becomes a a common thread it's almost like asking somebody what what football team do you support you know the conversation you can tell has definitely progressed but if, if i were to ask you what would you like for it in the next let's say couple of years at bt mm. how would you like to see it progress and so that we can continue to remove that stigma what can colleagues be doing to either open up themselves or or equally feel that colleagues can come to them to have a conversation yeah I I think communication is the key I'm definitely with this um from somebody who was incredibly reticent about speaking up about things like this being able to put those words and feelings and and you know, actualize them into sentences becomes empowering because mm. it starts becoming less and less a mysterious condition. You're putting words in written, you're describing it. And even if you're becoming frustrated with the fact that you can't quite describe it the way you want to, you're still getting closer and closer to to, to what it is, what that, that kind of nugget of um, what triggers everything. You know, you might not fully understand it in your entire life. I don't think I ever will. But the, the fact that we keep making these steps forward ourselves personally or even taking things from other people 
is is massive as well. And I would just say, just keep keep having those conversations. Find somebody you can trust and speak to. It doesn't have to be your team manager. It doesn't have to be your colleague. It can be the, the security guy. It can be the woman working in the canteen. It could be somebody on a different department or somebody you're out at the smoking shed with. Whatever works for yourself, have that conversation with somebody. And you will feel the greatest sense of relief. It doesn't even need to be mm. the whole conversation either, I think. It's just, it might even just be one little snapshot. And I, I can guarantee you afterwards, you will sit back and think that wasn't actually that hard. It yeah. wasn't that difficult and I feel a world of difference. So you, you've kind of covered it a little bit there, but the way <laughs> in which we we always end our spotlight, Scott, is I love to know from colleagues, what is your advice? What's your top tip for being your best self? So communication is what you want from colleagues, mm. but is there something that you do um, to keep on top of things so that you can be the best Scott that you can be? Yeah, Um I've always relied on music a lot in my life um, to listen, to play uh, as a way of articulating kind of how I feel into into something that might not be words, but something that I can get out or something I can re relate to when I listen to another artist's work. Um, but I, I think the main thing that, that's kind of really stuck with me recently has been m my dad. Um, because he was such an inspiration. Like I said earlier, he, he passed away just a few months ago um, from cancer. But one of the, the the last real conversation I had with him where he was you know, incredibly lucid and in the moment, and then you know, later on he was in a, a hospice and not quite there, was he said to me, I'd, I'd, I'd been able to start playing um, acoustic gigs again, um, which was a big step forward for me because I hadn't felt like being able to do that from... After coming out of the pandemic, my confidence had completely gone. I didn't have that kind of focus or desire. And he he said, when you're doing better, you make me feel better. And that really, you know, I, I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for that, Dad. You know, walked out of the house. As soon as I got around the corner, I burst into tears because, you, you know, it was just such a just a few simple words, but just so profound and you know that that has become my mantra so much in the the past few weeks that you know every day I, I get up I think that to myself you know you know am I making him proud am I making my family proud my friends proud am I making me proud of what I'm doing and what I'm achieving and it it helps you know it might not be perfect it might still be a struggle to get through but those words are on my bomb and my salve more than more than anything else in the world at the moment oh well i do want to say i'm really sorry um to hear about your dad as well Scott. i know i shared that Thanks. with you before but i cannot think of a better way and a, a better motto to close out the podcast i just feel very at peace after having spoken to you i feel i feel like this conversation has been very cathartic as well that cool. it's really it's 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 really lovely to hear how open you are to talk about such a topic and also you and Graham should be very proud of all the work that you do um, with the peer-to-peer -peer network. I feel very proud to to have spoken to you and for everything that you're doing too so a huge huge thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much and it's been an absolute pleasure. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I found that conversation so therapeutic and I feel really honoured that Scott was willing to share his experience and story with us here on the Switched on Spotlight. I think it just goes to show the importance of connection and how when you find that right group of people that you feel comfortable with, you really can cultivate inner strength. Now, if you've loved today's episode of the podcast and you have a story or experience to share, why not drop me a message? We at the Switched On Spotlights are always interested in hearing our colleagues' top tips and advice for being your best self. And if you want to explore the wider world of Switched On, why not head over to our Academy page? Or if you prefer to listen on the go, we're also on Spotify. I'll see you in December for next month's episode. Take care.